0: Ooh, nice hat. Ooh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Good morning. In one ear. Oh, I see. There it is. Got it. Design. audio sound horrible? No. That's good.
1: Sounds just fine. Are you on a different camera device?
0: Oh, I've switched a lot of things, yeah. yeah. I've. S- Your head's in a different place. My guys, what is this nonsense? Yeah, it is. I have a full different... I got a monitor arm. I got a different computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... Mm-hmm. uh Yes, a different audio interface that I pulled from home, thinking it would, it's, it's a little better, I think. Okay. I've tested a few things. It Wait. seems to be working. Sure sounds like you've tested some things.
1: That's good. I've changed some things, too. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, sounds good. Shit. <laughs> Pushed the wrong button. <laughs> good start. Ooh. Justin's in the house. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like that. Whatever that was.
0: <laughs> it's like the generic Casio samples. I like that even better actually, but it's generic. <laughs> oh yeah. We should start this, huh? So generic. I always forget that I there's suppose. a button to start the recording up there. Clappity clap. I don't know. I, I just hear,
1: I hear my slow internet in the recording. <laughs> it's oh. like your, your response time to something I've said is like fairly seamless. Hmm. But then my response to so maybe, maybe I'm just slow. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the internet at all.
0: I guess I didn't consciously in- do that before. Maybe I'm not sure. All right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this it's this is good quality stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's coffee time. How's your week? It's good. So far, I was kind of like in a little bit of a, a little bit of a weekend hangover with some visitors. I always feel like I need like a, a weekend from it's always great to see people when it's like you don't get your normal like recuperation time or something. Mm. I, I don't anyway. Yeah. But so that was good. This week we've been we got in our, our duck towers early, which is cool. And so we've been like finishing up the packaging and trying to get those out the door by the end of the week. And...
1: When you say you got yeah. the mean, you got the the metal parts back.
0: Yeah. Yep. From powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they are made. Cool. Do you have much processing or assembly to do on those once they come back
0: not a whole lot just unpacking them and then like trying to we put that claw part together just because it's less pieces pretty straightforward ricky's been handling most of it and then i can help with packaging and yeah i I make the guides stuff like that so i'm still working on that part and packaging is actually kind of cool probably Post something about it. We first was just like throw it all in a box, and then I was like, "Well, I don't know. Let's try and figure this out." So we've been like working on how to put those pieces in without them turning into little projectiles inside the box as they get shipped. You know, <laughs> metal metal parts, and then now it's yeah. become a whole like laser cut cardboard Ooh. insert where it folds through and bends around it, and pretty that pretty cool. You spent a decent amount of time yesterday working on that. Hang on, do you have a laser? Uh-uh. No. Nah. But I would like one. I'm starting to think about it. Hmm. Yeah. Designed the everything um, posted about getting one. And he's been making yeah. packaging prototypes for his Kickstarter. And I was like, I asked him about it. I was like, where did you get that? Now you've tickled my interest. Like, I've always <laughs> just been like, yeah, I have good friends that have lasers in town. And I don't need one. They're expensive. But then, like, this was quite affordable. And it just made me think. And now, and now we're toying with that idea. But we'll see. I don't want to spend money on at the moment but I did a little research and they're mm. pretty affordable like if you don't if you get like a chinese one
1: yeah that's what i was thinking about getting early next year but just this week i've rearranged things in our budget i actually pulled the laser out because we've got a friend with one which was a very similar model to what i was thinking about buying and so we had him run some parts mm-hmm. on those those laser engraved seat pads that we've been doing for And the result's great, really happy with the result, but I was a little shocked by the cycle time on those parts and it kind of Mm. made me reconsider whether it was the right approach because in my head, I was like, it's going to be so much faster than us engraving, you know, custom artwork and text details on the CNC. We can just like quickly throw stuff in there and brand things really quickly. But then when (laughs) I heard what the cycle time, that's quite a big part to be fair. But when I found out what the cycle time was, I was like, oh, maybe it's not the solution to all our branding needs Hmm. I think I've always been a little bit sour on the fact that you can't engrave wood with a fiber laser like those Ah, high-speed mirror
0: I know I know they're incredible they're so cool I I was Mm. surprised by that too it's interesting to see how long it does it does take a long time to do raster engraving like when Mm. you're not just cutting like the scanning I I mean I suppose you could like upgrade I don't know if this is true but you could what upgrade your power and thus, not need to spend as much time. I'm not sure. That's probably not true. My friend has Trotex oh, yeah. and he always talks about how fast they are compared mm. to others. And they're also like a $30,000 machine. So
1: yeah, that's a what, different. That was Josh's response as well is like, oh, we've got Trotex at uni and they're amazing. Like, mm, that's
0: all very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've never had any interest in competing in a market of laser cutting. It just seems tough and the projects are. Smaller uh, dollar-wise, and I don't really have any passion for laser cutting. But then all of a sudden, I was like, kind of thinking about it more like a 3D printer. Like, well, I'm not going to do this for other people. But as yeah. for you know, as I'm thinking about how we're going to package all of the what do you call them the ATC stuff, I was like, oh, actually, that could be pretty great too because drag knifing has proved poor, real poor quality. I just don't like how it comes out. No. I'm sure you have a no. way better system with your your knife machine, but just the drag knifing itself is just. It's real hard to make the cam for it. Still, it's imprecise, yeah. and I don't know. I've never had success, so but it's sounding more and more enticing.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I can I can relate to that. The Donic drag knife, which is I think that's what you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have one of those too before we got Trinity, and yeah, I've always found it pretty limiting as well never did a great deal with it mm-hmm. certainly the oscillating knife on trinity makes a big difference but oh I bet. it is nice being able to make your own packaging
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm into it it's been a it's been a good thing we've been a bit naughty we kind of haven't we've never priced it into our products and it's not the fastest <laughs> process when you're like cutting a, a full sheet of you know 12 by 24 sheet of cardboard into a few cartons it takes you know 10 minutes or something does that so crease too? a whole lot of cartons. No, I don't have a creasing wheel. We just score like half depth and that works mm. pretty well. Mm. The creasing wheel is going to be like a thousand bucks. So when I saw that, I was like, well, I'll make one one day. But for now, the scoring is working just fine. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, we'd never really priced in that machine time, I think, because mm. previously it would just be someone with a Stanley knife at a bench, like hacking together some shoddy box. Yep. And so it just still feels like bonus times so off the machines quiet. Then Trinity gets to cut packaging, but yeah. So we can say, yeah, oh, yeah. The back to lasers. I have thought about uh, trying to add a laser head to the pencil sharpener. Ooh, Cause the yeah, control's got a, a laser output, I think, but that'd be pretty fun. But
0: Eat up some machine time too. I mean it, it, it'd be i think it'd be worth it for it to be all in one versus having a secondary process mm. on another setup and trying to get that dialed in like you'd mm. have it way more precise but yeah true all the lasers like we we're talking about the uh, shop saver has add-on i think it's this company called mm. jtech and they're like seven watt lasers or something like that or <laughs> just like it's like a toy basically I
1: don't know what that means it's literally um,
0: yeah okay Yeah. so like a standard-ish co2 laser from what i remember using in like school was like 100 watts i think and that'll cut through like 12 mil probably like basswood or you know say cardboard pretty easily acrylic whereas a seven watt i don't even i don't know it just doesn't seem feasible like it's for marking obviously like quick markings but anyway yeah i don't i don't know it's all kind of dependent on how next products go for us like as you're mm. probably well aware, the the churn of like, when you start making a thing, it's like, well, we sold a bunch of dust boots, we sold some duck towers, but then you just have to go pay for those and all the like subsequent future runs. So you're always in that chase game of like, well, we've got the material and the stuff for the next thing. <laughs> and that ate the money from the first, you know, production. So I don't love that, but it's, it's just part of it. Yeah. How is the, the mill shaping up? Is it like, do you run it's any pubs? good. I've done a one and done setup so i did off one mm. in the first couple rows did both off one and off two at the same time and my only mm, issue is my face mill is what is that almost 100 millimeters two and a half inches diameter two and a half so it's it's big yeah, uh, fine. yeah yeah so it's it's big and it's been useful for other circumstances i only have one because it's like three hundred dollars for that setup yeah and so that was really the only thing i had to like face with and it it i've maxed out basically where the pedal <laughs> goes and then how i can move it yeah. so it has to kind of land on top of it and then it doesn't yeah. get to go all the way off and it makes this terrible like rawr, noise when it comes in and it creates like a little wavy rawr, like pattern on the surface so yeah. i've currently ordered Funging a face mill yeah basically a five flute giant you know tool so that that's no good and it looks like crap frankly so i yeah. i ordered a little research i ordered a fly cutter which i've never owned and it's just like a little fun you seen any of those or used one before yeah 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 I'm, i don't cool. know much about it it's supposed to come friday it looks like the most basic old school cast little piece with a little stick coming out the side, and supposedly that's one of the best ways to get a good finish, so my hope Apparently, is that
1: I... Yeah, I feel like I've only ever seen DIY at once. Oh dear, I can hear you fine. Yeah, you're back.
0: That was weird. My What happened? My AirPods just dropped totally and didn't come back. Um. Anyway, so that's supposedly one of the best ways to get a good, a decent finish, and other than that, I might just end up going to an, uh, an end mill facing back and mm. forth, which... I was kind of looking for more of a like grass pattern look, you know, to like the finish. Like, I, you know, if you go back and forth with that mill, you get that like mm-hmm. stripey look. I was just trying to get like one nice since they're not giant, giant parts. The yeah. fly cutter should do that, I imagine. Aesthetics, I guess. Yeah. It still may be mm. tight. I basically have to like land it perfectly Align everything so it can land and <laughs> off and i have like very small like a couple millimeters <laughs> on either side <laughs> of that actually happening with this thing yeah. so yeah. yeah cool fun it was fun. nice to see it work I, I i'm sensing the idea of what it would be like to be able to run a whole palette and it it was cool to like do a multi multi operation multi setup nc program so it like does op 1 op 2 and shares the tools yeah. right. So like the chamfers all happen at the same yeah. time with the same tool, so you don't have to do extra tool changes. It adds time to the cycle, so you're not standing there like twisting stuff in. And awesome, nice one, fun things you to learn. A I real guess. machinist in no time. <laughs> I, got it. I hope so. My other my other mill thing is this came oh. with the mill. Look away, children. When we Pretty bought low. it, it is absolutely enormous. Uh oh. <laughs> I've got delivery. I've got to get real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> like talking to them, and I hear like crickets. <laughs> I got aluminum for bases Sweet. delivered, which is nice. Oh, so back to this crazy tool. It came with the mill. It was intimidating. I didn't know what the heck it was. It was basically all set up as it is without inserts in it when I found it, and it just. It was intimidating. It weighs like six pounds. It's giant. And so I started Googling like the numbers on it because it's got all these markings. And I was like, I don't know what any of this is or how they used it before. (laughs) So I basically find out it's worth like $2,000. Crazy pricey and uh, made for it's got like an anti-vibration capabilities somehow inside of it. And what's cool is it's all basically Kenna metal set up and you can build these assemblies on their website and then they let you download like a mm. step file that you can then put into fusion to do like simulation so you don't have yep. to build your own yeah. assembly so i've got that figured out which is kind of cool. cool what do you um, do with it and i'm going to use to do a little bit more material removal it's like on the back side in particular of the bases we need i don't know it's something like 150 like 0.15 inches has to come off. I was trying to do it with the face mill and that was mm. really also interesting noise-wise. I was just trying to minimize my tools, but I think I'll use that to kind of remove the material. It's, quick. Like, it's just like an inch wide. Geometry. It's got radius mm. corners on, on these inserts. I got a bunch of inserts right. with it too and they're worth quite a bit Sweet. as well. So it's definitely not really like a finishing thing, which is kind of perfect for what I need that. And I was also considering, since I don't really have any other like hogging mm. tools The mill. I was going to get an inch, like kind of insert tool like this. So, ironically, just had it sitting up on the tool holder, and I was like, "Oh man, maybe I should try that thing." Awesome. (laughs) Turned out to be a sweet Sweet. deal. Don't don't crash it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's up to you. I blabbered for a while there. Mm,
1: No, all good. I'm I'm here for the therapy session. That started at six thirty. Is that right? (laughs) Yes. Great. I had a a challenging conversation yesterday, which I'm going to talk about because. I'm going to talk to the person about it today, yeah. And I know they listen to the podcast, Mm. so by the time they hear this, it will have all been beautifully resolved.
0: I (laughs) see. Ready? I'm ready.
1: Whoa! Dark mode. Wow, (laughs) that really sets the stage. Jesus. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sweating now. clammy my hands. No, I had a challenging <laughs> conversation yesterday, which kind of made me think. So as you know, Aaron's been taking all the quoting load and we had a chat. It's a bunch of leads that have hung over from when I was doing most of it. And some of them are pretty old and stale and whatever, but there is one that we're chatting about yesterday, which was nice, juicy lead. We've been specified to do a whole lot of towel rails for a development, like 50 apartments or something. So quite a big job. And when I was chatting to the interior designer months ago in my head, I was imagining like some cool dowel, you know, using the pencil sharpener, doing like threaded timber dowels that interlock and make a sort of ladder structure. Anyway, Aaron's now got that lead in his sales role and he's dealing with it now because the builders come back with the specification and wants an updated quote and we were just chatting about it and I was like, I was showing him what I'd sort of sketched out in terms of my thinking around how I would approach it. And then we very very quickly got into a spot where he was like, oh, that's not going to work. That's too hard. That doesn't suit our processes and systems. And I was like, oh, but if we don't do it like this, it'll just be like a really boring, generic object. And then I was like, cool. What's your lead now. So, you know, you you do what feels right. You quote it how you want to quote it. But Afterwards, I was thinking about it and like there's a tricky balance there, I think, of the way our business is structured. If you're quoting all the jobs for the business, you kind of determine the output of everything we make to an extent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my default, not on every job, but my response to that lead was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting, not product development opportunity, but like I can see something there which would be, yes, challenging to work out, but could be a really beautiful result. Versus kind of wanting to play it safe to ensure that we quote and then make something and mm-hmm. still make a profit and make a strong good thing I don't know there's 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 a there's tension there between wanting to sort of innovate and challenge ourselves and play it safe and ensure that we you know support support the business i don't know I'm not articulating that very well, but something well,
0: I want no, to explore uh, further it, um I mean, that's one of the hardest things about handing over that position. It, I mean, every part of the chain is seemingly important, right? Like if somebody's doing a bad job making mm-hmm. the product and that gets sent out, it's almost as bad as not winning it in certain, you know, it's reputation. It's sure. The money at the end of the day still for the rest of that job. Like we were talking about a while back when we were, I think we came up with that, like idea that everybody feels like their thing is special. Yeah. <laughs> And I I think that's incredibly true. Still, I've thought about that a lot. And part of why it's so hard to hand it off is, I mean, there's no other way to say it. That you made it how you wanted it to be, and you know, in my case, I've done the same. Doesn't mean that I'm the best one to do it, but set some kind of standard for what that was like. And it can be if they're improved, it can be carried on. But there's also like, I was just thinking, you can hand over the reins, but you can still set the the goals. The the vibe of how you want those things to go still totally right yeah and especially in terms of i think you want to be known as somebody that does innovative things not just copy paste especially considering how much work you do as a designer for clients instead of just output i think that's seems more along the line so to me it sounds like what you were saying is probably true and right for your for what you do and that's tough to, yeah, not hand over and, you know, say that you're the lead. It, I mean, they're the lead of,
1: yeah, and that's on me to define that and hold hold people to that. And I suppose we're on a new path of discovery where we're finding things that aren't defined. And that was like, you know, yeah. I was immediately uncomfortable in that conversation because I was like, but- oh, this has, we, this is new territory. We haven't been, we haven't defined who wears the pants in this situation <laughs> so to speak and i you know I, at some level i'm being precious because i think it was my lead initially and then circun- circumstances meant that i ended up in a spot where i wasn't quoting that job i'm being a little bit more precious with it because i had this image in my head of how i could resolve it and how it, i thought it might be a nice object but at the end of the day some jobs just have to, do have to be just copy and paste we can't innovate yeah. on every yeah. every lead otherwise we'll just go nowhere and be out of business in no time so yeah it's always going to be a balance but it, yeah i think at the end of the day it's on me to define as you say the culture and what what's what's important
0: those uh, decisions in the moment are always it's like that's why there are professional executives that are good at that kind of stuff i swear because like you're you and i i am <laughs> I don't make those kind of decisions. I'm I'm usually like, well, let me go home and think about that. You know, like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I try to like, I'm not, you know, making that decision right there. Usually, uh, anything that's yeah. difficult like that, or like when somebody goes, I don't want, you know, talking about a positional change or something, it's like, it's, I like to take in the information and, and consider it first before making a commitment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that was, that's been interesting and yeah, we'll We'll no doubt have a chat about that today and explore that a little bit. Should be good. And then yeah, onwards, just what else is happening this week? Just continuing the slog of very slow web sales and pretty slow sales in general, actually on the custom side of things as well. We're well down on targets this month. Yeah. Yeah, and so I need to crack on and make some follow-up calls, get on the phone, try and mm-hmm. chase up some work. Yeah, we're not. Mm
0: everything's slow again. Yeah. Damn. Interesting. I'm listening back to the last episode, I I said something like, feels like I have to keep, you know, throwing up a new piece of content to like make things happen. But like the actual Mm. truth of how we get sales doesn't usually end up being, it's not direct from like, you know, Instagram, but I'm sure somebody's like seen it there and been influenced by that. So I think it's still necessary to kind of keep making new content around those things yeah, I mean, the dust boots really slowed down. We were doing, you know, five a week the last few weeks, which was really good. Cool. And they've... Awesome. I think the last two weeks, it's been like, it's maybe even half of that. So it's interesting. The Duck Towers have... I, I just feel like I always have these bursts towards the beginning of... It's like people are committed right away when they see it. It's like, oh, yeah, I need that with a new product and then it kind of goes, Whoa, and you gotta like, I never yeah. quite have the solution to like, keep that steady, right? Like how do you, I guess if it's not consumable, you wouldn't expect the same, you know, nobody's going to buy it a second time. So it's finding new people always for the next, the next versions, the new, next sales.
1: New leads. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think from an external perspective, you could definitely be putting more dust boot content up, I feel like <laughs> really anecdotally. <laughs> You've gone a bit quiet there in the boot,
0: uh, the boot marketing department. I thought maybe I'd driven everybody crazy by now, though. He's talking about dust boots again. Yeah, which uh, yeah, no,
1: I totally, I do exactly the same thing. So I'm just trying to give you external input of like, might feel like that, but it doesn't look like that from here. Like, keep pushing it out. Mm -hmm. Keep reminding us why they're good.
0: Yeah, I think it's yeah, definitely going to come back around. And especially in relation to the pedestals being ready, which I'm hoping are next week is launch the pre-sales of those. So I've got to finish up a few more things. Cool. And get them on the machine. And then we're going to shoot video and get that going. Yeah. People keep asking about them and I keep, I don't want it to stretch out. So that's my, that's my October product yeah. for sure. Awesome. Um, nice one. Already, do you have something? Coming out, I remember, I don't remember what you said. You were gonna, yeah, look, the threadboard
1: forcing my hand with threadboard and just getting at least like a starter kit online, not caring too much about fully resolved accessories and just doing a basic kit. So, you're, I will continue to work, work towards that. Yeah, we've got a bit. Ben, our production manager, is away for the next two weeks, so we've got mm-hmm. a, li- a little bit of a not short staffed but a little bit of a leaner team for a couple of weeks. So, John is. Handling Ben's role as well as staying on the machine, and yeah, yeah it just, just means I need to be a little bit more aware of things that need to be detailed in fusion and just on top of what's happening. A tiny weeny bit more, but those guys are doing a great job of handling production, <laughs> staying on top of it. So I think I should be able to get, carve out a little bit of time to focus on product dev next week or so. Have you? And meanwhile, keep keep feeding the algorithm gods more content. Let's see what happens.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You have other products that are of similar scale, but I've never tried to ship a package and ship something that's like a decent size of, of sheet of plywood. Like, how do you plan to do that? Are you just going to cardboard it and (laughs) ship it? Like, do you have like oversized shipping that you would deal with then? Like, how do you deal with, yeah, we make kind of just
1: wrap them in card really wrap them in corrugated card into a tight bundle and (laughs) off with the couriers. They're not too bad, but yeah, you can't go too big. So the product sizes will be limited with that in mind, but they'll be, they'll be panelized in the same way that this one is sort of panelized. Like, I don't think I'd do anything this big. Yeah. Right. Like cubic and they'll tessellate and you get the shadow line, right. And the, the grid pattern continues across the Mm -hmm. the shadow line and something along those lines. But to be yeah. honest, I hadn't even thought about it until you brought it up. Ha ha. Oh.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did literally the same thing. The one to my left is full-size sheets, basically. That was kind of like scaled to fit the, the space. And it was like our first yeah. go at it. And then I immediately was like, mm, that's going to suck to try to figure out how to get to people. And that's where these sizes came from. Yeah. Because it's like kind of maximizing the... UPS ship size without going into oversize. Okay. So you're you're using
1: a postal service to ship stuff like that. that Right.
0: It's a UPS like is private, whereas it's not a government agency. So they're what we ship a lot of our, our domestic, basically everything. Yeah. Cool.
1: And things arrive intact.
0: Yeah, they have been. Yeah. Nice. Have you shipped any panel based stuff like the NAC wall? Products. didn't get that far i'm <laughs> just gonna send some prototypes like my brother but yeah i don't know i th- the the reality of where that product sits mm. right with it just kind of being in limbo i still haven't figured out what to do about the trademark situation i'm very much leaning towards not paying more money for it and just saying that sucked that we spent that money but i just don't want to keep throwing money at it and then with that and then mm. i also have a stack of this HPL material half like 12 mil with a backer and it's just i think it's like almost five grand worth of material it's just sitting on a rack that's like the hell am i gonna do with that now you know like
1: (laughs) make some sweet fixture plates
0: uh, yeah i have a couple thoughts i feel like i'm two things i thought about a lot this week was as we were preparing for that market i realized how Bad of a product profitability, <laughs> these things were as Ricky <laughs> spent two and a half days making them. And I was like, wait a second, you just made all of those above my head, right? Like, those are all these different sizes. Yeah. And in the beginning, when we started making them, it was like, we need something for the first market we went to let's go whim like maybe people want these and we made like a dozen so then they started selling on etsy and we're like all right let's keep doing it and i just kind of like fell into this like ricky needs a little bit to do this week how about you make a few of those Mm. and then i realized there's no way we're making a profitable like this isn't profitable why are we doing this or or the cut on what it is it ends up being like a few dollars of profit it's like what the why and it's so apparent Mm. too once you start to get into like making more profitable or higher dollar items like dust boots and you know all the stuff we're working on now so i realized that i really have to kill these and the one thought i had about that one of the things i really struggle with is i think it's from like design school of like everything has to be archived so you can use it in portfolios and it's like i just don't want it to disappear (laughs) off the internet you know like i I have some weird like i want like an rip page so it's not like gone (laughs) i don't know it's the same with the desk right like we don't make the desk anymore, but I don't like have the, it's still like out of stock on the NAC site. It just, yeah, I have a bad job, bad time just making stuff go away, I guess. I like
1: the RIP page idea because I have the same thing. Like there's stuff that we've killed off that, you know, I'm still proud of at some level and yeah, yeah exactly. I think you're, right in terms of the design school thing, it's definitely a hangover from that <laughs> to some extent, but yeah,
0: I think if you fri- framed it right, like
1: having, you know, a little archive tribute to products that have passed page could be done really nicely i think for saying that <laughs> we don't do these anymore but these are some of, this is kind of our back catalog of projects i like that idea because especially I, yeah i think you should def- definitely kill it kill it now
0: sounds like a job for donny boy yep it's also interesting because it's like you know those are decisions that i make and i brought it up to ricky and said you know i don't think we should I think we're done with these. I don't think they're profitable. And like he puts a lot of passion into making them well, right? Like everything Mm. he makes, you know, works on. He's very passionate about. And I mean, there's things he's hated doing. I think that he wouldn't be sad about them disappearing, but he was kind of just like, oh man, (laughs) I know we've spent so much time like thinking about how to make them better and faster and And it's just, it just doesn't work. And so he totally agreed, you know, in the conversation, but it was just, it's a different thought. I think we both have different versions of like sad to see something go, but yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like, so if I would stop making the knack, well, what, what do I have to surplus sale my like material that we had around it? And like, do I get mm-hmm. rid of all the like fixtures? You know, I, I don't feel like I'm going to do that, but it's just in a conceptual thought, you know, Saunders always talks about like, I got to clean out the shop. We got to get all the stuff that doesn't involve making fixture plates, you know, like, and I have such a hard time with that. Like I, it's so much more like sentimental or feeling like we're going to need it someday or it's we spent good money on it's all like bad excuses that like you know some home organization guru would say like you need to you know wise enough and get rid of the stuff out of your life feels good when you do it though i don't like doing
1: it either but it's been happening here And it does feel good when you yeah, kill off the product, get rid of the fixtures. Just it's brain space that you get back, that you can put elsewhere.
0: Physical space.
1: Physical space and brain space. It's just like, yeah, don't have to think about that anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. On to the next thing. And that, that feels really positive. Yeah. I bet it's interesting what you're saying about Ricky. Like I've had the same thing here, a staff member who's, you know, a certain product has kind of been there, it's Mm -hmm. not that they created it, but they've spent a whole lot of time making that product yep. and getting really good at it. And then you're like, yeah, we're going to kill this off. I've definitely had resistance to that concept before of, you know, it's part of their, their sense of value in the business is making XY widget yep. well and fast. And then you're, you're getting rid of it. That can be a challenge, I think in terms of their sense of value, potentially not all the time, yeah. but yeah, I've definitely had that happen.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the um, easy turn there is probably like, well, you make something that makes the company more money or, you know, it's more, it's a better deal for us. And, you know, potentially you'll find something new out of that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. That stuff being gone, the the wasted time not being wasted and
1: yeah yeah i think it's it's uh, it's potentially a dangerous path that thing of making things to keep people busy Mm. Uh, we've done that too and then yeah if you're not sort of calculating the true value or the true cost of those activities can be very easy to sort of end up years later going oh We've been losing money on this for years.
0: Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Maybe there's a theme here. As I was analyzing the profitability of this and like other things, I'm kind of always revisiting what I think our cost is of the business, like the cost rate. It helps me think about like, you know, every yeah. hour, are we creating enough value? And that's that's been a mm-hmm. hard, long thing to learn and like how to calculate that decently, accurately. And somebody asked on the ShopSaver facebook group like how you know how it's a pretty common question there people buy a machine they're like i was the same way how do you charge for your work right like where do you even start yeah. and i just winged it back when you know i had no idea and it's like i think this sounds like a good price and it's like absurd now <laughs> to think about same. it so i made a post which i'll share here if it's helpful to anybody else but it's a google cool. sheet that Allows you to just basically fill in your costs. It's, to me, the best way to start with that is not telling you necessarily, but just if you're interested, mm. you start with these. You start with your cost, and then figure out what you want to charge on top of that. Is the way I kind of go about it. So, like a cost factor, you know, you multiply. It's the same as like products, right? You, what's the cost of the product? Then you need. Profit on top of that or revenue. So there's a factor to apply, and then you can kind of get an idea of like, all right, well, maybe my cost rate is this, and my charge rate, as I've called it, like is this factor. It's this number. So I shared that, and I think it's been helpful to some. I would have loved to have found that back back when I was me too.
1: I mean, we played the like guessing make it up game on our hourly rate for the first 12 plus years. Mm -hmm. We just made up a rate to start, and it seemed okay and seemed to work, and then just kept on just slowly putting incremental price rises on that over the years. And it wasn't until we started this business coaching process a year ago that we're like, all right, we need to completely rework how we cost things. And we kind of stripped it all back to bare bones and bare costs and no margins and then built it all up from there. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, our hourly rate on labor actually dropped once we'd restructured that. What's an hourly rate? Um, sorry, our hourly rate that we charge oh, our, our labor at.
0: i have heard that weird, yeah. actually
1: dropped when we restructured using the yeah. sort of cost plus model. Cost of materials went up in terms of the way we margin them now, but you know, uh-huh. I think overall that restructure meant that we're charging just, we knew what our costs were and we knew that we were charging the right amount with the right margins.
0: Yeah. It just, yeah, gave us much more clarity on what we're doing rather than the sort of like, oh, I think it's enough. (laughs) You know, you know, it's funny thinking back when I started using quotient, I think that was the first time it was like really formalized that I had, there's always a cost and then a markup, you know, box for each item. Right. Yeah. I was just thrown in, I think at the time which are everything's way different now. I think I was putting $25 an hour for cost into the cost box and a hundred for our charging rate when I started doing that. Yeah, And I did that for like a year thinking I was pretty close to that cost rate number. And it was like almost double <laughs> what it. The yeah, truth yeah, that yeah. whole time. So that whole time, we I was like, "Oh, these these jobs are profitable. These are great profits." And <laughs> I had like completely fumbled that. And so, yeah, it, it's yeah, real useful to have some real ideas. So, like, what's interesting? I'm pretty certain it's a little confusing because, like, I can't see the statement very well on the website. But I'm mm. fairly certain on Friday I make the last ShopSaver payment, and that drops my. Ooh. Hourly rate cost significantly. That payment just drops us down. Yeah. Thought that it uh, well, a that it's been five years already, and then it's not a thing we have to pay for anymore. So that's kind of nice. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. close some margin back. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. Need that right now for sure. Yeah, yeah. A salesperson oh, coming
1: up. You need to go. Yeah,
0: I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> man he's the quickest sales call ever well material vendors I don't know if they do this to you they just like show up because they know that you won't like I don't agree to like have meetings with them when I don't have any needs (laughs) (laughs) so they just show up and they're like hey you want to talk Uh, what what do you need right now and I'm like god all right anyway we don't really have that since we moved to the country (laughs) Yeah, I should move to the country. That'd be nice. <laughs> this guy actually found cool. me because he was talking to the woodworker across the street. I guess, kind of doing a sales call on them too, and then he found <laughs> out that I was across the street from him, and I was like. God yeah. damn. 'Cause I like don't have my address listed <laughs> anywhere. Uh, yeah. We're getting a little closer on the on the Patreon, I think. I was thinking if we can figure out mm, how cool. to frame that last few things.
1: Cool. I'll, yeah, let's I'll, just throw up some basic support tiers then. Yeah. Okay, so we need something for that one.
0: So Bye. this is yeah. the bonus episode. Like what would we talk yeah. about in it right now is the question. Like, do we I haven't been thinking about it, but
1: I would I would dig into that alley right stuff. More transparently in terms of how it's calculated and what the rates are, and mm-hmm. I think, for example, oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Dali has restrictions <laughs> around that.
0: If you're thinking about an artificial intelligence only fans, I'm unsubscribing now. No, I like that. I like
1: that. I would I would be attracted to that.
0: See ya. Bye. Bye.
1: Uh, like kids. Bye.